talkzone.com Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. We do welcome you to the Two Guys and a Mike Show. Beautiful, beautiful Tuesday here in the fine city of Chicago, getting ready for the 4th of July weekend. Not quite yet. It's only Tuesday, but uh, we can always look ahead. Fun times coming up this weekend for the red, white, and blue. Of course, not for our U.S. soccer team. The red, white, and blue have headed home. It's the coach of the big dog. We're at your service up until 11 o'clock, one hour a day, five days a week. Five in total, and I welcome in via the phone lines, my good friend, the austere, the auspicious, and the occasionally mature, big dog, Joel Radwanski. Joe, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Did you say austere, Coach? I did. I'm not sure what it means, but I had a whole lot of fun saying it. Okay, I'm not exactly sure what it means. I think it's good, though, and if it is good, I'm mad. <laughs> we'll check the dictionary. I'm pretty sure it's a positive, but either way, two out of three is not bad, Joel. No, nah, two out of three right now, unless like you're in the knockout round, it's pretty good. I don't want to get too personal, but uh, last night at any particular time, did you blow on your vuvuzela? Uh, vuvuzela? Vuvuzela. No, I have to admit, we have... we. <laughs> you know, I never, thought, I never thought hard of hearing would have an advantage. Everybody's complaining about those things. As you know, big dog, I have hearing problems. Doesn't bother me in the least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I, I could care less. So I'm not going to get upset about it. But they are banned in our house because Cloudy gets really upset about it. So. Oh, really? You have a again the pronunciation Vuvuzela. Vuvuzela, maybe it's Vuvuzela. I thought it was Vuvuzela. I thought Vuvuzela was a uh, Italian actress famous in the 1950s. Yeah, and she did Triple uh, X movies. No, I don't think so. I think she starred with Catherine Deneuve or Denier. Whatever her name was. Was she very austere, Coach? Yeah, oh, extremely austere. (laughs) Extremely austere. How's your austere, by the way, Is in the posterior region? Well, uh, right now it's it's pretty comfortable because I'm sitting down, but normally, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll have to get up here in a minute. Beautiful, beautiful. Big Dog and a Coach talking scintillating inside sports information. That's what we do here. You can uh, interrupt this conversation by calling us in, and we highly encourage you to do so. Our phone lines are open at 888-463-6748, 888-463-6748. Japan taking on Paraguay in the World Cup. I'm watching that on the screen as we speak, Big Dog. And uh, both the Cub and the Sox. Losers yesterday. Moment of silence if we could. Thank you. Well, you know, the Cubs have been losers all year, and the White Sox, well, at least they weren't for like a two-and-a-half-week stretch. Mm-hmm. I was watching that japan uh, Paraguay, uh yep. game earlier, and I, I, nobody even tr- – the, 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 people were kicking the ball at their own goal more than they were at the other one. I don't think there was any action for the, the 25 minutes that I watched that game. Yeah, and that seems to be – I should say that used to be more prevalent. I've noticed in this World Cup – there's still the backwards pass and the spreading out of the field and the uh, taking your time. That's something that bothers the non-soccer fans, no question about it. But I don't know. I, it seems to me there's less of that this year than in World Cups previous. 
to me, isn't like the best defense always to attack, attack, attack. Not always, you know, but you know, I don't understand that. Yeah, but, the back the backwards pass is a, it's an interesting concept. You would think more often they would make a, a push up the field or run up the field, but I guess they're just you know kind of setting up the offense, I suppose. Okay, and by the way, if I went, I was if I was on that Paraguay and uh, Japanese uh, field right now. Yep, I would look like Yao Ming. <laughs> Not a lot of real tall guys out there, huh? No, and I got to tell you something. The Japanese dudes are about uh, about five inches taller than the the Paraguayan dudes. So it's uh, and I was I was told by uh, Mahmoud that yep. he knows uh, people from Uruguay yep. and Paraguay, and they're all like four foot eight. Interesting, interesting. South American countries, by the way, dominating. I think there's a uh, four about to be four in the final eight. I think if Paraguay wins, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's yeah it's. And and a bunch of them played each other in the in the opening round. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, I mean they were knocking each other out. Asia all time against uh, South America is o twelve and two. Wow, and that's that's not good, coach. Really, Asia yeah, all time in the World Cup against South America. Yeah, is o twelve and two. Yeah, and Africa isn't much better. Wow. It's outstanding so, research for the show. I, I was not aware of that. Very, very impressive doing a little research for the show. I wasn't exactly doing research. The guy had plenty of stats to give out as, mm-hmm. as Japan kicked kick the ball backwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just killing some time, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, now let me throw this out to you. Our daily quandary for the day, if I could, to the big dog and to our fans out there. You can email us, of course, at mike2guysaol.com. To make soccer more popular, this is going to bother the soccer purists, but I do think... You could at least tweak the rules a little bit. I think we need to learn, uh, look at some of our American sports and other sports and adopt some of those rules and put it into soccer. I don't know if you have any suggestions, Big Doug. I know a couple well, you of know weeks. What? It, it, it was funny because uh, in, in the mid-1860s, uh, there was a, a college by the name of Rutgers. Yep. And they figured out a way to make uh, soccer more popular. What they do? One of the guys during the middle of the game picked the ball up and just started running around. He ran over the goal and jumped over and slammed the ball on the ground, ah, and he rugby. had a touchdown. And someone was like, that looked like fun. Next thing you know, they figured out how to make the game American football, and I'm not kidding. That started? So that, that was the bad. That was the, they, they figured out a way to make it more entertaining, Coach. But believe it or not, somebody beat us to the punch about 148 years ago. Mm-hmm. Tremendous historical perspective today from the Big Doe. You are uh... – Well-read, if not well-researched. Very impressive. Yeah, I kid around a lot, but actually that is true. So anybody who does know me, I am a little bit of a historian. Yeah, I've always been impressed with that, the football jock mentality, but you have uh, solid knowledge of uh, the world upon us and, more importantly, the history and the perspective thereof. It's a nice, uh, interesting quandary that you give us. Like within like a year or two after that, Coach, is when Rutgers came up with the first college football team. I mean, okay. that, that's really how it came up. Is some guy was bored playing soccer, and he picked the soccer ball up and ran with it. Mm-hmm. What year was that, 1860, you said? Well, uh, 1869 was the first year of Rutgers football, and it, it happened like a, like a couple years later. Like, they actually, they started playing it, and they're like, you know, we can actually make a, a sport out of this. So, I think 1872 was when they first had a cryout for a national playoff system. Yeah. <laughs> took, a, <laughs> took three years to do that, huh? Yeah, yeah. All right, but now, now one rule, and again, I'm thinking of American sports and adopting 
adapting them to the fine sport of soccer. And I've mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I thought it was brilliant, but I think a lot of my ideas are brilliant. Nobody else does. Put something in like a 30-second shot clock, except it doesn't have to be a shot, but there needs to be a line maybe 5 yards, 10 yards, make it 10 yards inside a half court, okay, that the ball must penetrate within 30 seconds. You know what I'm saying? So you don't even have to you don't have to shoot, but at least you have to attack. Coach, uh, the best way for me to tell you is the Americans have indoor soccer, and it's been a viable sport yeah. for years. Uh, I'm going to let the world have their sport. I'm not going to try to change it. I'll mm-hmm. just sit back every four years. Well, you know, I'll watch a couple games of it. I'll be I'll be awed by some uh, how incredible some of the goals are. But uh, to be honest with you, I, they don't need. To, they don't need to change anything because I mean, no matter what they did come about July 12th, I'm not going to care anymore anyway. Mm-hmm. So well, but I, you're I hate spe- to be cynical, but it's the world sport and let them have it. And if you said that to somebody from Columbia coach, you uh-huh. probably have your neck split. Well, see, I would disagree. I, I think you're speaking from a very selfish perspective. I like to take a look. No, I'm selfish. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm looking at it. So it's the world sport. It's not America's sport. Right. Coach. And I'm, tr- I'm trying to make it better. I'm not making it better just for the United States. I'm trying to make it better for our fellow Colombians out there. I'm reaching you, out to my Uruguay. A Par- necktie, you keep on talking that way. Huh? You'd be wearing a Peruvian necktie. You keep on talking that way. <laughs> Someone's got to take a vuvuzela and put it up a, uh, put it up some area, and it won't be the mouth. Problem is, that thing still would be blowing. I wonder if it would still make the same sound. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm uh, seriously. I, look, all right, how would I do a comparison? Let's take American basketball. What was it? Twenty years ago. 20 years ago where they put the three-point line in. Now, basketball, that's our sport. They put it They put it in uh, 30 years ago. Yeah, we are the kings of basketball. How could you change the rules? You're going to kill the United States. No. That's a, that's, that's a little different, though, than adding like a, a timeline on the court, though, or on the field. Maybe a little bit different, but the concept is the same. I'm, you know, again, I'm reaching out. I'm speaking on behalf of my fellow compatriots in Greece and in Japan. I'm speaking on behalf of all of our listeners in Paraguay and Uruguay. I want to make the game soccer better. I think it would be better for them as well as for us. I guarantee you if they did that, there'd be no chance that Brazil or Argentina would ever lose unless they were playing each other. Okay. They just seem to be able to control the ball and do whatever they want to. So it would actually take away chances for teams like Japan or, or Greece or Australia or New Zealand mm-hmm. to actually well, go and win games. It would force Japan and New Zealand and Australia and some of those other teams to become more skilled, attack the basket, attack the goal, push the ball up the field, take some shots on goal. That's what makes the game exciting. Again, it's, I don't think it would be as major a change as you're making it out to be. 30 seconds, call it 45 seconds, just something to delay a little bit the side, back to the goalie, over to the side, back to the goal. I'm not saying 10 seconds. I'm giving them 45 seconds. I think it's a brilliant idea, and I'm glad I came up with it. <laughs> but I, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't see how you call me selfish by saying we don't want to change somebody else's sport. It's not America's I, sport. It's the rest of the world. I understand we, we just, that. We just show up because we have the best athlete. I'm trying to so. make it a better sport for everybody. What any Any other rules you could think of that we could adopt to the game? To make it better again, not just for us, but for uh, or you think there? No, no. Here's here's one I would like to make the, the game better. Uh, 
the use of replay, and not for anything else that anybody's okay. ever said, only for one particular instance. Okay, if in during replay you see that a guy feigned that he got uh, tripped up and attacked, and you know and he he goes down like he's a Paul Gasol. Okay, because mm-hmm. it's funny how the European guys are really good at flopping in the NBA, and you find out nothing happened to him. They they take the guy to the game and they cane him like he's just stole something in Singapore. <laughs> Well, you're going to act like you got hurt? Well, now go play with your legs all bruised up and then send him uh-huh. back out there limping around because he just got <laughs> drilled in his, his hamstrings about 15 times by uh, one of those tie rods. We'll show you what hurt really is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I all right. And uh, those guys flopping. I would be all for that, by the way. Instant replay in that situation. I think I would even go so far as to say if it's too hard to do immediately during the game, review the tapes afterwards. If there's a guy that's purposely flopping, suspend him. Oh, I, yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah, I, so, seriously. I was going to say sometimes it's hard, you know, on the spur of the moment to pick that up. But review the tapes afterwards. If you see a guy who's done it a couple of times in a match, blatant flopping, very hard for the official. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. You're talking uh, the field's bigger than a football field, and it, it's, it's extremely difficult. Even if it is around the football, mm-hmm. the soccer ball, whatever heck you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's still very difficult. All right. Paraguay and uh, Japan, the game's got a little better. 0-0-0. We'll talk a little soccer, talk some baseball here. July 1st, LeBron Mania is uh, in full-fledged support here, at least in the city of Chicago, Miami, Cleveland, New York, and New Jersey as well. We'll talk about that. The Wimbledon, we got lots on the docket. Big Dog College World Series, 888-463-6748. The dog and the coach at your service. Real quick. Back to baseball, the White Sox got on that unbelievable streak, 11 in a row, 13 out of 14. They got back in contention, but there were naysayers, Big Dog, who said, settle down, judge what they did on two months, not in two weeks. They've now lost two in a row. Are you worried that the Sox might uh, be headed back literally south? Yeah, I'm worried because even though I'm a diehard Cub fan, you know, we need one of the two teams to do well so my television show can take off, so... Uh, you know, even though, like, uh, you know, I'm the Cub guy and I've been rooting for the White Sox lately, but just don't let anybody know that, Coach. Okay, because, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, I'm a little worried. I mean, the, to be honest with you, the, this team has a, a guy in Gordon Beckham who's the face of the, the franchise, and uh, he can't get on base ever. Uh, they they have holes defensively, and, and now Mark Tehan's coming back. they got to keep uh, Omar Vizquel on the lineup. Coach. They just have to figure out a way for Carlos Quinton to start hitting and Gordon Beckham, because if you're going to contend and win a division, you can't have two guys hitting below 220 in your lineup, Coach. It's just mm-hmm. impossible. Well, the Sox, uh, the, the, they've solved one problem, to find a way to get Carlos Quentin hitting at least temporarily. That's been solved. He's been red hot. I got another home run yesterday. In fact, the only run produced was a Carlos Quentin 400-foot-plus uh, HR. Yeah, for the last four or five games, he has been awesome, Coach. Without mm-hmm. a doubt, he has been awesome. Yeah, Mark Burley was uh, average, and I think it's pretty clear with the White Sox as they battled back in contention. If they're going to take the next step and actually win that division, Big Dog, it has to be their strength, has to be their their greatest strength, and that's the starting pitching. Yeah, and it, it looks pretty good, and it was good again yesterday. You, you can't blame the starting pitching or the defense for yesterday's loss. You can only blame it on the fact that they blew opportunity after opportunity with uh, runners in scoring position, and they didn't get any hit with runners in scoring position. Yep. Uh, they, they were at least 0 for 7 yesterday, Coach. Big hit at the key time. That's been a problem for the White Sox when they were slumping, and it's been a problem for the Cubs all season long. I think at the eighth inning, they had, what, two runners on? Couldn't get the big hit. Ninth inning, bases loaded, one out. Yes, and a couple pop-ups to end the game. Yep. 
Tough, tough break. My guy Alexi Ramirez, too, uh, was I think made the last out. So, Sox have no lost two in a row. The Cubs, let's talk about the Cubs real quick here. You want to talk some baseball? Big dog and a coach right there for you. 888-463-6748. Dial it up. We're user-friendly. Uh, Pittsburgh beats the Cubs again. Big dog, it's unbelievable. Eight out of ten. The Pirates can't beat anybody else, but they have the Cubs number. Uh, the Pirates? At either at the 28th, 29th, or 30th. I don't know which one it is, but highest payroll in baseball. They're in the bottom three. I'm not exactly, it's, it's really close to the Padres and Marlins. And this team absolutely owns the Chicago Cubs, who have spent over $140 million on a, a bunch of people that don't really seem to care about baseball anymore. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's an embarrassment. Watching them play yesterday was the same thing. They didn't get hits in the clutch. Uh, poor, I know you only gave up two runs, but a bunch of poor defensive plays yesterday is what allowed the the runs to score. Uh, Starling Castro can't catch a ball and tag people out. I mean, if it happens one time, it's a coincidence. It's, I don't know how many times this year he's done that. It's been absolutely abysmal how this team will figure out a new way to lose. I, you know, I, I love Tyler Colvin, but my goodness, man, learn how to catch a ball. Two missed plays in the outfield yesterday. Come on. It's, it's so frustrating, you know, as a team, you know, finally you get a, a good start out of Randy Wells, who I like. He's a stand-up guy. He, he attacks the strike zone. Uh, and when he doesn't pitch well, he, he blames himself and not other people, which is always a good sign on the Chicago Cubs when you have only a handful of those guys. Mm-hmm. But this team figures out a new way to lose every single day. And yesterday, their only runs came when uh, Bobby Crosby and Lance Lassings Millage didn't call each other off and drilled each other and the ball fell between them. Uh, other than that, there would not be a runner at third base uh, on the next play, which the, the Pirates messed up because they did uh, like just uh, on a you know a force play at home, uh, not a force play at home, but just like a a ground out at home. I mean, unbelievable, coach, how this team has figured out ways to lose. Yeah, they have uh, been creative, if nothing else, and, and lack of hitting. That's kind of been a that was the theme early, but the last like three or four weeks, it's it's something totally different every single night. Mm-hmm. Ninth inning, uh, double. Over the right fielder's head. I don't know if that was an error by Tyler Colvin, but Jose Tabata of the Pittsburgh Pirates getting the big hit off Cub closer Carlos Marmol. And suddenly our three young stars you alluded to at Big Dog are showing little chinks in their armor. Maybe nothing more than that. Starlin Castro, the shortstop. Batting is uh, cooling off a little bit. He's still decent, but his fielding a little shaky. Tyler Colvin hitting very well, but his fielding shaky. And Andrew Kastner, our star young pitcher, all of a sudden... They're hitting him as well. So slightly discouraging as our three young stars. We hope to uh, hold our head on of uh, showing a few chinks in the armor. You know, you know, there's actually some guys, some young guys that you see, you know, they're awesome early, but, you, you know, eventually they're going to catch up to them. Those three are going to be good baseball Yep, Good baseball players. I, I'm 100% certain of that. But, you know, it's the fact they're still young and they make mistakes. That just, it, you know, it, it cracks me up. Is, you know, when these guys were – in playing college ball or, or they're playing, you know, high school ball, you, you don't make stupid mistakes. How come when you get to the major leagues, you start making stupid mistakes? I do realize it's a higher level of play. It's a much faster game. I understand that. I'm not, I'm not dumb, but like to make like regular base running mistakes or, or misplaying fly balls. I don't understand how that happens to, to somebody once they get to the major league. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I understand like, not being able to figure out a pitching pattern or maybe getting picked off or, you know, but 
just routine stuff that it, I don't think it should matter whether you're a rookie or whether you've played in Major League Baseball for 20 years. I, I, I've, I've never figured that out, why that happens to rookies so often. Coach. Theoretically, theoretically, that's the idea of playing in the minor leagues, right? You not only improve your basic skills, but you go over situations. You see a lot more situations. By the time you get to the pros, most of those mental things, and baseball's got so many little uh, subtle mental strategies of the game, but that, again, theoretically, is what you're supposed to get the kinks out, worked out at the minor leagues, correct? Well, yeah, and, and if you think about it, two players at the Cubs and White Sox are thoroughly counting on have had extremely little minor league experience. Gordon Beckham, what, had a couple of weeks, Coach? Mm-hmm. A month and a half? It was a very was memorable couple of month? weeks, though. Well, yeah, you, you spend a couple of weeks in Charlotte, Coach. You, it'll, it'll put some hair on your chest. Woo. I think I spent three years for a couple of weeks in Charlotte. And then Starlin Castro was like a year, but you know you're talking about he was in certain uh, cities. He was he was playing at certain levels where they had no one who spoke Spanish in the organization to actually coach him up. He basically was out there <laughs> playing by himself. You think I'm kidding? I actually I did think you're kidding. Please tell me that's not true. No, it's it's totally true. And so this this team will spend. $140 million on a roster that has guys that don't even try, guys that don't make adjustments, guys that sit on the lineup all the time, guys that point fingers at everybody else. Oh, but they can't spend uh, twenty grand to, to bring a Spanish translator into a dugout for the kid? Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about, like, uh, you know, penny wise and pound foolish. I mean, that's exactly what that's talking about. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, the Cubs have, you know, they throw money at players, but they don't, spend any money on development and they don't spend any money on making sure that these mm-hmm. guys get as much forget about even spending the money they don't do the right things to make sure that the money is spent properly and, and i don't blame the ricketts family for this but this yeah. is something that the ricketts family needs to, to investigate it is uh part humor part tragedy you think about the uh, ricketts first year as owners of the team maybe one day when they win the championship hopefully sooner than later they'll be able to look back with stories of our first year but when you look at it what has happened this year with the, you know, it has not exactly been a charmed first year. Remember opening day with all the excitement, new owners and everything, and they got killed, right, like 12-1 to 1 by the largest score ever on opening day, and pretty much uh, that set the tempo for the rest of the year. It has not been a particularly fun season for our brand-new owners, I would not think. Yeah, you know what, I, I was I was smart enough not to get uh, excited about this particular club season. They, they, had, they have way too many station-to-station players. They have... What they had five rookies in the in the bullpen when the season started. Uh-huh. I mean, how excited can you get about a, a team that that's set up that way? So, well, uh, I'm not talking about you or me. I was talking about from the perspective of the Ricketts family, brand new owners. Yeah, you mean you had to. That feel... was the only good thing, Coach. That's the only good thing about this whole entire. What season. that we have new owners? Yeah, that's the only good thing about it. And and I don't blame them for anything. This is the mess they inherited. Okay. And, uh, you know, starting next year, though, there will be – if changes aren't made on certain particular things, yeah, it's uh, – it's uh, you know, then maybe I'll start getting upset. But I, I am not going to point the finger at that family. You do not blame them for the uh, large, obnoxious Toyota sign out in uh, left field now. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this once again. I could care less. It's okay. their stadium. Their stadium. You do not blame them no for problem. the one-foot bison dog that they are now selling at the concession stands? The one-foot bison dog. The foot-long bison dog. You don't blame the Ricketts family for bringing that particular food in. No, I definitely. I don't know if I'm going to blame them. I'm, I, I can't wait to try that thing. To be honest with you, last time, <laughs> I, 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 last time I went to Wrigley, though, I don't remember much of the occasion. Yeah. 
All I know is if you try a bison dog and have a couple of beers, I uh, pity the poor section that you're sitting in. <laughs> There'll be a lot of empty seats in Section 3, Row 12. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, I mean, seriously, there's a, <laughs> don't have the camera anywhere near the sky. Oh, hey, wow. You know, it's so bad at Wrigley Field this year, and ticket yep. sales are so bad that yep. they are actually supposedly honoring Ron Santo until July 4th by having $10 bleacher tickets. Tickets, and you know the reason why they they're they're honoring him? Why is that? Not to honor him because they can't sell any tickets. Mm-hmm. They they have had the lowest walk up, and they've had the least amount of uh, of in season sales that they've had since the mid '80s, coach. That's how bad of a year it's been at Wrigley Field this year. Mm. Speaking of Ron Santo, by the way, it was uh, Ron Santo Day at Wrigley Field yesterday. Fiftieth, I guess, fifty years in the major leagues for Ron. Had yeah, him throw yeah. out the first ball, sing the national anthem. It was nice, or not national anthem, but. Uh, Sing, take me out to the ball game. Yeah, that was really cool. I mean, he, he's a class act coach, and you know, some people see him as a pain in the butt, and some people make fun of him because he doesn't really add much to the broadcast. You know what? I could care less. The man's the man's a Cubs treasure. I absolutely love Ron Santo, mm-hmm. and, and 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 Pat Hughes is so good. It's awesome having having to be have somebody to make fun of in the booth while he <laughs> he calls the best radio game in all of baseball. Coach, yeah. So. It's uh, Ron Santo. Uh, you, you deserve your day, and uh, and I wrote about this yesterday, Coach. Absolutely disgusted the, the performance they made on Ron Santo Day. Seriously, I mean that's what he had to watch. I I I, I would love to have listened to him. See how upset he was because I know he was really happy early in the broadcast. I didn't listen to the end of it. Mm-hmm. I would love to have heard what he was saying, Coach. Yeah, hit the ball, hit the ball. I mean, come on, get get some quality at bats and hit the ball. That's probably what Ronnie Santo was saying. A guy who hit the ball pretty well in his many many years for the Chicago Cubs. I mean, oh, come I, on. I love I love when there's a runner at third and less than two outs. Don't they know it's <laughs> a pitcher, the one in trouble, not them, Ronnie? I mean, Patrick, <laughs> why? <laughs> oh, oh, this is the same goodness. stuff over and over again. Over. I I only say this half kiddingly. I've told you this before. I want the Cubs to win. Finally, after 101 years. You know, and I've rooted for them for 53, 54 years of my life, but I I almost want them to win for Ron Santo before he passes on more than for myself. I would love to see him part of the celebration, see his reaction over a championship year. Oh, that's that's not the half-kiddingly, Coach. I, I'll, I'll say it from the deepest parts of my heart. When, when the Cubs win the World Series, mm-hmm. the first person I'm going to think of is my dad and upset that he won't be there to see it because i got to tell you, that – Ron Santo might might not have loved the Cubs as much as my dad did. Okay, I'm not kidding about that. <laughs> and uh, and then the second person I'll think of immediately is Ron Santo. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully he's around to see it. And and I'm not uh, trying to be morbid or anything like that. Ron Santo is a sick man. His diabetes, and that, you, you know what I'm saying. And uh, you got to treasure the guy. You don't know when he's going to be taken from us. He could live another ten years. He might. He might not. Mm-hmm. So the Cubs need to win soon, Coach. And and. Uh, I just hope they do it before he passes away, too. Very, very uh, gently no, put. Don't mean, to, don't mean to get somber, Coach. No, but it's, beautifully, it's beautifully put. But brought a slight tear to my eye here. Others will say there's the famous book, the famous stories, God, I think it was Gail Sayers, God is first, my family second, I am third. That was the name of his book. God first, family second, I am third. For the big dog, it's dad first, Ron Sano second, and then yourself. Very, very nicely done. I appreciate that, Coach. Of course, that's putting Ron Santo ahead of God, though. That's kind of interesting. Uh, well, I haven't met her yet. Okay, I will. <laughs> All right, we'll get off the baseball, but we got other things to talk about. I know you're 
Very excited about Wimbledon tennis. Big dog, the College World Series. Down to the final two tees. We'll touch on some baseball, too. And there's a lot of rumors flying around about who's coming where in the NBA. The big dog is a man who will snuff out the rumor mill, and he will give you the real deal and where people may be going. No rumors here. I, just have, I have inside sources, and it says me he is not going to Miami. I actually know where LeBron James is going to go. There it is. Stick around. 888-463-6748. Two guys at a mic on TalkZone.com. Back in 42 seconds. Back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. By the way, big dog, consider yourself very fortunate. Lap Dance Larry, one of our emailers, said he does not want to deal with you. He wants to deal with me specifically, so you're off the hook. Yeah, coach, but uh, he, he realized I didn't have any singles. Yeah, maybe that's it. And I had fives and tens. You can't blame lap dance, Larry. (laughs) We did have one obituary of note. 92-year-old senator from the state of West Virginia. Big dog, he was elected back in Harry Truman's reign. Yes, and he he was part of the whole cover-up and uh, getting people out to vote for JFK in the 1960 elections. I mean, this guy's a real, real freaking winner, and he was a stunner. Oh, never mind, Coach, go ahead. Wow, but 92 years old, so he was elected at the age of 88 by the fine folks of West Virginia. They'll do that on the on the east coast in the southern part. Well, I know okay. West Virginia really in the the southern part. And it's not exactly on the east coast, but it's it's, uh-huh. it's in that general vicinity. Like, look at how long was Strom? Strom Thurmond was reelected like four times after he passed away. I mean, he was still walking around. I think Strom he, Thurmond's one of his relatives recently ran and did not get the uh, Republican nomination for whatever office he was running in. But yeah, Strom was around longer than Dirt. Yeah, I mean, and this guy was this guy was about as connected as you possibly can be in politics, mm-hmm. Coach. Talking about Robert Byrd, the young man who passed away. Yeah, the young man. Yeah, yep. 92 years old. I was the first elected in 1958, our obituary of the day. The obituary of the day is sponsored by? We actually have an open sponsorship. If you want to be the sponsor for the obituary of the day, you can write us at Mike, two guys, at email at uh, AOL.com. I think that'd be a nice... Sponsorship possibility for some fine company out there, Big Dog. Imagine the possibilities. Yeah, not for like a funeral home because that might just be a little touchy. Too easy. Like Too it's easy. like for Life Water yep. or for uh, you know like some type of like fitness company. That, that yeah. might not be bad. A hey, nutri- you don't want to you don't want to be part of the obituary of the day. Go to Valley Total Fitness. It'll save <laughs> your life by twenty percent. See that we should send you out as our marketing guy. Also, and I should ask uh, David Olson here very. Connected Chicago politically, our fine producer, David Olson. Joe Berge, the uh, ex-police chief in the city of Chicago, was found guilty yesterday 
of basically they couldn't try him for torturing uh, would-be criminals, but they found him for perjury, but he was found guilty on all accounts pretty quickly by the 12-person jury. Right, and if this case teaches you anything, is if you're going to torture prisoners, don't keep charts on how to do it. Yeah, what and, is it? And, and diagrams, because mm-hmm. uh, they, they might come back to bite you in the ass at some point. Yeah, and, and, and I don't know how you feel about this, Dave and Coach, but you know how I feel. Legitimately, I think if you're like an elected official and, and you actually do something corrupt, I think you, it, you should suffer the death penalty penalty because I think it's treason against the United States of America. And that might seem harsh, but I'm serious. I think Blagojevich should be shot. I don't think he should spend any time in prison, including his wife, Patty. And also this guy, this guy, seriously, torturing people? These people don't need to be around. You know, we need to get rid of people like this. I, it's I, a I'm bit disgusted by this stuff, Coach. A bit harsh, but I share your disgust when you think about it. What this guy did is he took criminal. I mean, he took some guys that had some criminal backgrounds. Let's not, you know, let's not say they were, you know, rosy, cheery, first class, all American, uh, no damage citizens. But he took these African American guys and basically tortured them into allegations, sent them to jail for a long time for crimes that they did not commit. When you think about that, how did he sleep at night? How did he justify that to himself? Basically what it is in his head is they are less than human than some of the, some of the other people that he's that, dealing with. You know what? I didn't say that properly well, but it's disgusting in the way he looks at those people. That's the only way he can justify it. That, it's, it's, it's so disgusting, Coach. That's why I'm, that's why I'm serious. But like, people like that need to be set an example of. You don't do that. for. Think about this. Not only do you take somebody wrongly accused of something and, and put them in prison, which I can't even imagine how that would feel to be in prison when you're wrongly accused. Also, maybe the murderer, the rapist, the person who, the, yep. who did this yep. is now still on the street. So there's two wrongs that you've done. Mm-hmm. So let's not just, I mean, and trust me, the worst thing is an innocent person going to prison, but also, there's also the people, oh, well, the, the, the murder in the neighborhood is done. Oh, I feel safe to go out in the streets anymore. Well, I hate to tell mm-hmm. you, that guy is still on the street. Sick. Sick, sick dude, and it went on for a long time. It's disgusting. It's, it's like, it's much more of a higher level, but the disgust I feel, having Rob Blagojevich reading now what a complete lunatic he was, you know, for two terms as our state Governor, I feel the same disgust that Joe Berge was allowed to do that, and his people, and obviously other people knew about it for so long, a treatment like that. And it's just, uh, you know, I know the guy's 62 years old, and I know he has prostate cancer. I don't care. Lock him up. He should spend the rest of his life in prison. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. And, Coach, I, I honestly, uh, you can't do it. Though. You can't make a blog, you know. Expo facto, whatever the heck the word is, but mm-hmm. I would like to put now that like if you're like a state official and you abuse your power, it's treason. And treason in the United States means one thing: they kill you. Yeah, that's that. I, I can't. I, I, my biggest pet peeve on the planet are people who abuse their elected powers. Yeah, I, I, it, it, it disgusts me more than pretty much anything besides being a pedophile coach. Uh, I'm with you on all accounts except the, the, the punishment. I don't know if I can go quite that far. but uh, Could you put Blagojevich in a room with me for like five minutes? How about that? After you had a foot-long bison dog and a couple of beers, I'd be all for it. Yeah, and trust me, his hair won't look as, as pristine afterwards. <laughs> when, they, well, when, I, when I hear that guy like on air talking about the Cubs, uh-huh. I'm like, this dude knows more about the Cubs than any person I've ever met. Why, why should he? He should not. 
his answer about the Cubs is, well, you know, since I've been elected, I've, yeah. I've been kind of busy. I he, really don't know what's up. I know they got Sammy Sosa on the team. You know, that, that's pretty much what his answer should have been. He was a frequent and well-liked guest on the Mike and Mike uh, ESPN Sports Show, which has a few more listeners than our two guys at a Mike show. I don't know if you ever I, heard him on that, but they, but they loved him. I can't stand that. I can't stand him. I can't stand his wife. I, whatever. Mm-hmm. They disgust me. Now, they disgust me. On the other end of it, while Blagojevich is getting um, smushed by his own tapes and Joe Berge gets sent to trial, we continue. We continue to see the Kobe Bryant of the lawyer professional world. We continue to see the LeBron of the law world. And he started in the state of Illinois and now works for the United States government, I believe. But this guy, Pat Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. you talk about a guy who gets win after win after win, and he goes after bad guys. He doesn't go out in the public limelight. He's not a public figure. He stays low-key, but he finds wrong, Big Dog. I love this guy. He finds, he sees wrong, he finds wrong, and he makes sure people that are committing the wrong get put away. Now, you don't remember the guy that we had on Peter Lance with uh, that wrote the book Triple Cross, do you? Uh, on our old show? No. Because uh, what he has said about uh, Mr. Patrick Fitzgerald is he's, he's – that is, he's been able to cover up the stuff, his mistakes, and not gotten away with it. Like uh, uh, Fitzgerald was using Muhammad Atta as trying to get uh, information and in, 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 uh, out of him about terrorist groups, and Muhammad Atta had to be the ring leader for the ring leader for uh, 9/11. And when Fitzgerald was asked about that, he acts like it never happened, even though that's exactly what happened. He had him and let him go. Okay. Just for information. You know, right. you know what I'm saying? So I'm just, just saying, Fitzgerald isn't perfect either, Coach. You okay. know what I mean? So, but then again, neither is Kobe Bryant. You brought him up, and he mm-hmm. sodomized the poor girl. So, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's, I, I guess he's a much better, yeah, I guess everybody has their ups and downs is the best way for me. To okay, well, I was not aware of that negative, but uh, certainly Pat Fitzgerald has done a lot of good. And again, I like the... You, you, you exploded when Peter Lance brought it up on the show. That was one of our best moments. Oh, now I do remember that. Okay. No, people- you're bringing it back. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Thank yeah, you. Thank. Yeah. No. No. The, the guy is great. That I was, he brought up a bunch of other facts, but the one I remember was he had uh-huh. Muhammad Atta and let him go. And uh, about 18 months later, he's flying a plane into a building. I do remember that. Now, what was the guy's name again? Author Peter Lance. How he do you? Is, he is. Uh, he wrote the book Triple Cross, and it basically. Wow. It, uh, it's a, a 600-page book about what Peter Fitzgerald, it's basically on Pat Fitzgerald, and Pat Fitzgerald went after Peter Lance, and it was a really, really ugly situation. And to be honest with you, I was very disturbed by, if Peter Lance was telling the truth about the tactics that uh, Fitzgerald used against Peter Lance just because mm-hmm. he, he talked poorly of what Fitzgerald had done. Uh, who so, can we trust anymore, Big Doug? Outside of producer uh, David Olson, our Rocket Gibraltar here on the show, Quite frankly, you can't trust anybody anymore. You know that? You know what, Coach? You know, and you I really even start to suspect anybody. Dave a little bit. I think he's working for uh, – I got a feeling he's working for more other shows beside ourselves. <laughs> you know, theoretically, he's got a happy, uh, you know, couple of kids, nice family living in a suburban Chicago. I think there's more to the story of our producer, David Olson. I think uh, he could be working for another country, come to think of it. I don't know how to put this, but – I'm kind of a big deal. People know me. <laughs> you got to watch out for the quiet ones, Big Dog. You know that. <laughs> okay, well, 
That's why I'm so loud and boisterous, Coach. <laughs> 888-463-6748. The phone number, two guys at a mic, Big Dog and the Coach Wimbledon yesterday as we make a quick transition. From Sports Guys Talk Politics over to Wimbledon Tennis, it was Big Monday. Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, it took uh, each of them not much more than an hour to advance. But how about Andy Roddick's match? Four hours and 53 minutes, and he loses. No Americans left in Wimbledon once again. Yeah, it's typical. You know, everybody's always talking about, oh, the English never have a winner. Well, I mean, what about the Americans? I mean, you take away Agassi and, and Sampras. I mean, how many have there been? There hasn't really been a lot of them. Ye Soon Lu from uh, Taiwan, 26-year-old Ye Soon Lu, defeated Roddick four hours and 36 minutes the match. Uh, if you could, Ronnie Sano, tell the American fans a little bit because we'll be seeing him again in the quarterfinals. Tell us a little bit about the tennis game of a Ye Soon Lu from Taiwan. Uh, well, uh, he likes to uh, hit a lot of change of pace balls. <laughs> uh, he likes to work at a, a quick tempo, tempo and he, he likes to keep the ball down in the court. Does he like to get his first serve in? Oh, he absolutely loves to get his first serve in there, Patrick. Okay, just checking. Thank you, Ron Sano. Oh, no problem. No problem at all. Uh, Serena Williams, Venus Williams, both advanced. Serena defeating, uh, and she did have a problem. It was not easy, but defeated Maria Sharapova in a match many were watching and many were salivating at, and very little of it had to do with tennis. Yeah, you, you uh for so, you know, for some reason, I don't find Maria Sharapova as good looking as everybody else seems to do. So. Okay, I'm not, I'm not trying to act like she's like ugly or anything like that, but mm-hmm. you know, everybody drooling over the girl. She's a little gangly for me. A little gangly? Yeah, gangly. As in, like uh, too skinny. Okay. Too tall and too skinny. Mm-hmm. Not enough meat on the bone. Like oh. I'd be afraid that if I went out with her, I would trip, and next thing I know, I'd be the one who killed Maria Sharapova. <laughs> oh. Okay. To each his own. No problem with that. So a Serena like, Williams. Uh, that, that Yi Song Lu's sister, I probably would like a little bit more. Ah, gotcha. I'm sure the feeling would be reciprocal, no question. So, well, that's, that's pretty much all the options I have right now. Yeah. And, are, are people that don't speak English. No. And, and I feel bad, too, and we should not do this whenever we talk about the women's tennis in a match like that where you start to uh, talk about the attractiveness of the young ladies. Certainly not to take away from the fact they're unbelievable athletes. I mean, you watch... Serena Williams player, or even the uh, skinny, you use the word gangly, Maria Sharapova. I don't know where she gets the power to hit the ball, but they're both phenomenal athletes, big dog. And I, and I apologize sometimes. We certainly don't want to uh, uh, downplay the female sports. Yeah, like if I play them, I guarantee you, like Maria Sharapova. Did we lose the big dog? Gone! Look at that. One comment on Maria Sharapova, we lost the big dog. Someone shut him off. Might have been Pat Fitzgerald, maybe the author of that book he was talking about. Who knows? 888-463-6748. Down goes the big dog. We lost him. Hopefully we'll get him back. It's the coach here on the yeah. uh, TalkZone.com. Again, 888-463-6748. Big dog, See, I you... told a bad joke and Dave Olson cuts me off. I, I don't know. I thought I it might have been the it. Russian consulate as you were criticizing the look of a Maria Sharapova. Yeah, well, I will remember never to do that again. All of a sudden, the KGB are knocking on my door. No, we, uh, you know, previous to your comment, we had a pretty good relationship with the Russian consulate. I hope it continues. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Russian consulate, by the way. Aren't we all, Coach? Kim Kleister's knocking off Justin Ennen, and she continues to advance. You remember, what was it, about a year ago? Kim Kleister's came out of retirement. You remember that? She'd been retired for, what, four or five years? Yeah. And she joined that first tournament just to, you know, kind of get back into things, and she won. You remember that? I think yeah. it was about a year ago. 
This is true, Coach. Yeah, she was like she wasn't even seated in the tournament. She came out and won. The young lady has got skill. As they would say, College World Series, South Carolina, UCLA, the final two, South Carolina won the first game. Big Dog, we haven't followed that as close as we'd like. And I think you feel the same way as myself. Partly the World Cup soccer has taken some of my attention away, but College World Series, still an awesome event. And the Gamecocks are one game away from winning it all. Yeah, and uh, what would be really cool is either uh, South Carolina or UCLA, if they can come back and win two games in a row, they'd have to uh, avoid the elimination game, and then play have a best-of-one game. If they can come back and win, Coach, either team, either team would be their first baseball championship. And that's kind of hard to believe that UCLA has never won a baseball championship because they've won a championship, I think, in every other sport in the NCAA. They have the most, 106 championships, but none in baseball. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so in a way, I guess I'm, I'm rooting for uh, South Carolina just because they've had a lot less success overall in their uh, athletic uh, department. It's the best two out of three, right, South Carolina? So if UCLA wins the next one, we have a deciding game three? Yeah, that's exactly what goes okay. on, Coach. And I would love for that to happen. I definitely, I'm going to be busy at the time, so I'm not going to be able to see it. But I, I will tape it and then uh, watch it right when I get home. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good college World Series going on. Of course, we got World Cup soccer yesterday. Brazil defeating Chile three to nothing. It was zero zero for maybe 30 minutes into the game, and then Brazil scored their first goal, and the rest was history. Yeah. Netherlands beat Slovakia. So after today's matches, Big Dog will be down to the final eight, the World Cup. Coming to conclusion here, down to the elite team. Should be pretty exciting. Yeah, and uh, there is a phenomenal game on after this uh, Paraguay-Japan uh, game, and that is Portugal-Spain. <laughs> I mean, they, these teams, they uh, these countries border each other, you know, and, and they've always been rivals for centuries, and next thing you know, they're the, the number one team in the world, Spain, and the number three team in the world, Portugal, but because Spain had trouble in the opening round, they ended up getting the a second tier. Mm-hmm. See, they weren't supposed to play each other, but like not everything worked out the way it was supposed to in the, in the round-robin round, so the one versus three teams in the world are playing each other in the round of 16, so I mean, that's 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 the best game without a doubt in the first round, and it just so happens to be the last one. The, the uh, recording round. machine has been set at the Cohen household. I'll be watching that game at uh, about 9 o'clock tonight, so please do not tell me the score. Cristiano Ronaldo, the star player for Portugal, Spain, though I think overall maybe the better team, so that'll be fun to watch. Well, I, I guarantee you for a change, your wife's going to want to watch a soccer game with you. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, as we're talking here, I'm distracted watching the Paraguay-Japan game. Second half, 89th minute, 0-0. If you're at home, folks, tune in because the second half, I know you said you watched the first 20, 30 minutes, not much action. That has not been the case here in the second half, Big Dog. Pretty good match going on between Japan and Paraguay. Yeah, I I just uh, started watching it too myself. But what I'm saying is uh, your wife is going to want to watch the game just for Cristiano Ronaldo. Ah. If you're going to make fun of the fact that you know, men watch uh, Maria Sharapova just yep. because supposedly how pretty she is. Yep. Well, I hate to tell you, there's women watching this just to see Cristiano Ronaldo yep. for how pretty he is. He is way too good looking. He's one of those guys who can play a 90-minute soccer game running up and down the field, and his hair is still perfectly in place at the yeah. end of the game. Yeah, I, I don't understand how that happens. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't understand how somebody gets to be that good looking. Did you see the, his him with his shirt off? The guy looks like uh, he seriously looks like he can play wide receiver in the NFL. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He looks like he's six one, about two hundred and ten pounds, yeah. all muscle. Yep. 
and apparently a fairly nice guy, decent reputation. There's got to be something, something wrong with the guy. He can't be that perfect. You know who he's dating now? He no. dumped Paris Hilton, who he only dated for two weeks. He's smart. He has these two-week relationships. That's usually the best way to do it. Uh-huh. But uh, now it's Kim Kardashian. Who? Kim Kardashian. Wow. That's Reggie right, because she, she and Reggie Bush uh, broke up, right? Yep, she did the Bush push, and now she's uh, <laughs> <laughs> now she's getting christened by uh, Ronaldo. Wow. So it all works out. Kim Kardashian, it's amazing how she gets around. Very, very interesting. The Gossip Center in full scope here on the uh, Two Guys at a Mike Show. Speaking of gossip, we said uh, forget about rumor. Forget about gossip because there's a lot of it going around about the July 1st free agent signings in the NBA, the Dwayne Wade's, the LeBron James, the Chris Bosh's. A lot of rumors going on, but the big dog, our guy, on two guys in a mic, you have some inside sources. Now, let me ask you first, when is the last time your inside source was drug tested? Uh, I got to be quite honest with you, Coach. Uh, I I don't think it really matters because if he was drug tested, he would fail. (laughs) But nevertheless, you trust his instincts. Yes, it, it trust way too much Uzo, by the way. Also, okay. But uh, it, 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 my inside source has it. I mean, this it's going to happen, Coach. He's going to go where he has uh, the best chance of, of winning. He's going to go where he has the best chance of making the most money, and that so happens to be in Turkey. Turkey, the, Istan- the Istanbul Invaders. <laughs> Offer him forty-five million bucks. Trust me, and with the lineup they have around that dude, uh-huh. LeBron James is going to Turkey to play basketball next year. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something for European basketball? Turkey, no less. Unbelievable. Now yes. I, I, sh- I shouldn't even ask. I should have heard the story first, then I wouldn't have had to ask the question if your inside sources have been drug tested or not. Um, I don't believe they have, Coach. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, David Stern is trying to make the NBA an international game, so maybe there could be some truth to that. But he goes to play for Istanbul in a couple of years. Istanbul might be in the Eastern Conference along with the Celtics and the Cavaliers. Who knows? You never know. I remember there was talk where David Stern was open to the idea of having a team in London. Yes. And his whole thing was like, hey, you know, it's only like a like a five-hour plane flight to New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I guess so, if you know you want to look at it that way. But I mean, imagine the road trips that those guys would go on. No one would want to really play in London, I guess, unless you were uh, like a European. But then again, if you had all the European guys on the London team, they'd be pretty good. You took the best well, twelve European guys, so. But I do think, and I don't know if it's going to be five years, ten years, twenty years in the not too distant future. I do think that's going to become a reality. You know, you joke about it a little bit now. I do think at some point, international play. Plane flights, airlines, or whatever technology goes, it's going to be quicker and quicker and quicker. I do think uh, that pro sports will become international. At least that's my feeling, and, and probably sooner than later. I I would love to see like maybe championship leagues play. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, like I would love to see the NBA take on the winner of the European League or something like that, or whoever won the the the, the China. Like you take the Shanghai Sharks or the the Chinese League and t- have them take on the NBA champion. Mm-hmm. It'd be kind of like uh, it, it would be like the old AFL against NFL, where the AFL was the less respected league, but on its way up against the old NFL. You know, the New York Jets when they upset the Baltimore Colts would be kind of that similar thing. Uh, be it the Shanghai Sharks or some other team, I think that would be kind of uh, an interesting aspect to it. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it wouldn't be like it was NFL for the simple fact that there would be so many. Um, 
there would be there's so much difference in the AFL NFL. There there was a like a big difference at first, and then every year it got better. Can you really imagine a team from China taking on uh, the LA Lakers right now? <clears throat> not right now, probably not. How about a sport like baseball? Well, you know what? The Japanese league obviously is a little bit better than we thought it was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, there's been a lot of successful Japanese players. Not not all of them, though. And I still I don't care what anybody says. Major League Baseball is the best league in the world. But uh, the Japanese league is definitely not as good, but it's, it's a good league, Coach. It's definitely a very good league. So you think if the uh, champions of the Japanese league play the champions of our World Series, we'd almost have to change the name of our World Series and call it something else so that the World Series could be the Japanese champion against uh, the American champion. But you think the Americans are that, that much of an advantage? Oh, well, that, I would say there might be a chance that Japanese had like an, the Japanese uh, had like an ace pitcher that maybe they can win a game mm-hmm. is what it would be. Uh, I do remember, like, uh, the, you know, they do the tours every year where they like they send the American players over to Japan and they and they uh, and they play and they dominate. Coach, every year mm-hmm. they go over and dominate. So interesting. Uh, but I, it's there's still great players that come from like Daisuke Matsusaka. Don't forget, went what like eighteen and five in his first year before yep. he blew his shoulder out. You know, so uh, you know, even though you know, Kosuke Fukudome, you know, didn't end up, you know, he won batting titles over there and didn't do anything here. He's you know, Hideki Matsui's been a, a pretty good player. Hey, speaking of baseball, real quick, David Olson, I want to throw this out to you, too. In our local hometown, any listeners you want to chime in, but do it quick. Show winding up, 888-463-6748. Pony League World Series. My team not involved. I was not there. Bottom of the sixth inning, kid hits one over the fence for a grand slam homer. Team is going nuts. World Series, they're jumping up and down. The catcher on the other team... Notice the runner on second base missed home plate. Don't know by how much, but he missed home plate. They appealed the play. The umpire called the runner out for missing home plate. Only one run scored. Coaches got into an argument. Fans got into an argument. Apparently got into an ugly scene. They had to cancel the game. They have now canceled the entire World Series. My question, and I have strong feelings on this. My question to you, David Olson, Big Dog Redwanski listeners, if you were umpiring the game, would you call the runner out for missing the base, or would you disregard it and say, hey, he hit it over the fence, it didn't make any difference? And part two, if you were the manager of that team and your catcher appealed it, would you come out and tell your catcher, hey, we're not appealing it, let the home run stand? David Olson. Uh, if I was the umpire and I didn't see it? No, you saw it. You saw it. Yeah, you saw it. Missed, missed by half a foot. Well, wow, it's a tough one. Um, to me, it's not. I would let it go. Good. I'd let it go. Okay. I and would agree I, with you. And, and if I were the coach, I'd tell the catcher to let it go. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, by the way, I would even add, I agree with your response, but to me, it's not a tough one. To me, it's obvious. Big dog? I call him out. Rules are rules. Yeah. You, you know, uh, this happened to me. Like The exact same thing happened to me on one of my home runs, and I was called out. You know what? Sometimes part of playing baseball is life lessons, and you know you got to do all the little things in order for something to count. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate to tell you, Coach, but it's a life lesson. Who gives Who gives a crap? The kid. Well, it's. A, I know it's a Pony League championship, but in the long run, the life lesson is is a lot better. 
What well, is the most despicable thing about it are the parents arguing about well, it. Well, everybody forget agrees the on that. The, 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 yeah. Forget the, the, the fact that the umpire yep. called him out. For, that's his job, okay? And the job of the base runner is to touch all the bases. You know, it's not that big of a deal that the home run didn't count. It, 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 it's an embarrassment, though, that the, mm-hmm. the parents almost got in a yeah. fight over it. Every, everybody agrees the parents got too carried away. It was an 8 o'clock night game. Apparently there was a little drinky-drinky involved, too. But I'm going to disagree with you. And David Olson, I think the true life lesson is if the manager of that team comes out and says, hey, 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 umpire, don't worry about it. Let the home run stand. And tells his team afterwards, guys, I know he missed home play, but he hit it over the fence. It didn't affect the play to me. That's the way you call it. And there is a true life lesson between right and wrong, not the technicality of Rule 4, Section 2, Paragraph 3 in little letters. Well, yeah, that's, that's too bad, Coach. But you know what? We, we're gonna we're gonna argue, and I knew exactly where you were gonna stand. Yeah. I, I'm about following the rules. The games they put rules in games for a reason. I've, I've you know what never... I mean? And 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 I wouldn't if I was the coach of the guy, I wouldn't get upset. If I was the guy who hit the ball, I wouldn't get too mad at the kid. But mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's that's you got to touch all the bases. I've never been a fan of rule books or rules. However, one of our rules tells us that we got to wrap up our show at 10:57. And that rule is 30 seconds away. Big Dog, any items we didn't get to? You've got 22.5 seconds. Uh, there's so many that we didn't get to that I really can't begin to explain, Coach. But I will tell you this. I, I, I'm very happy with the Japanese fandom that has come to the game. My goodness, how many geek outfits they must have. <laughs> they must wear. Hey, real quick, quick plug for blackandbluecity.com. Check it out, everybody. Go to blackandbluecity.com. It's Czech Topic. It's Joel Rodwanski, me, and Matt Benson talking Chicago baseball. Become a fan on Facebook and become a fan of TalkZone.com on Facebook while you're at it, too. So, And you can also uh, hit us up on Twitter, both TalkZone.com and uh, Black and Blue City, Coach. Beautiful. Big Dog, we'll talk to you on Thursday. I know you're off. Substitute host coming in tomorrow. Be good, dog. Producer David Olson, thank you so much. we got to sign off, folks. Have a great day. We're back at 10 tomorrow. Don't be late.